Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Natalie Hope Finnamore and Manet Hammond of the band Awe. How are y'all today? Good. We are great. I love the <laughs> rhyming of that. That was fantastic. Well, okay, so I want to get straight into just like the conversation we've had pre-interview of just like, A, how bad I am at French. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when you hear that the band is called Ah, you probably are thinking A-W-E, mm-hmm. when in reality mm-hmm. it is O-U-X. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go type that into your search bar right now, find their music. Um, I, I uh, always have the thing of... When in, I feel like it's a very common thing in 2019 to not actually know how something's pronounced because you've only seen it in text. Mm-hmm. Like that, is that a new thing or has that always been a thing? Like, I know that that my mom has a story about that where she, when she was in high school, she would see the word voila, and mm-hmm. she in her head always was like, oh, it said viola. But then she was called, she was called upon to like, you know how in like high school and middle school, they'll like round robin have people like read stuff out loud. And my mom got called out to read something. And in that excerpt was the word voila. And she said in class, she was like, and viola. That's, and everyone was like, what? (laughs) So she, I, so I don't think it's a new phenomenon. I think that it's exacerbated by the fact that we're exposed to so much more text in our daily life but yeah like i think the the big music school mood is just composer names because you're just sitting there sweating you know you don't want to say it you're you're sitting there and like whenever i see w say i was just like my brain's always going say to bussy say it and i'm like no no Your brain sounds like a bully. It is. I for the longest time, like, went into my voice lessons calling it Schubert. (laughs) Oh, because you were like, ooh, it's fancy, so it must be Schubert. Yeah. Yeah. The teacher's like, you fucking idiot. I've definitely accidentally said Sherbert. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you'd like that, though, you know? Yeah. So, I want to... It's always an interesting thing with bands, right? Because, like, I want to introduce our audience to your work. So I'm trying to figure out, well, how do you describe your work? (laughs) That's always the hardest. That's the hardest one. That's the hardest thing because it's such a, it's just, like, such a byproduct of us existing Mm -hmm. as, like, partners and best friends and like roommates and classmates and just like in every aspect of our lives we like spend so much time together so like our work uh is it's like it started out of the winter between um like me leaving for home and not staying in california where they were going to school Mm -hmm. and I was I was just like frantic because I wasn't I was like working and then like not working and then like playing in bands and then not playing in bands and I just really needed to like make 
music. I just needed to make something that was like not someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, so yeah, we both are. Yeah. When Monet came to visit, we just like started making music in my living room, and that was like our first song. Was just like okay, let's make music together because we both already have been in bands and music school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, <laughs> forever. For a super so it's like you know, I was I was trying like when I opened up my phone over here, just like sneakily, is because I was trying to find the description that someone else gave us because I really liked that one which is like the soundbite description where it's like experimental soft hip hop joined with psychedelic soul and sounds that remind you you're cute. (laughs) I feel like that's a really nice description. I like that one personally. That's my favorite one that I've seen somebody else. write. I think. Well, I love what I love about (laughs) y'all's experience is that you both like have such rich musical backgrounds and I, I yeah. feel like that comes through. Like any time that I've heard your music, I very much felt. But it also feels like it because it does. There's a certain degree to which, like, even when someone is like, even when you take someone that has that rich background and then you put them in a situation where like, oh, we're just like making music in our living room, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's still, it still has a degree of like in conversation with what came before it. Mm-hmm. I always feel, find like is that is that something like. I, I know that you find that true because you nodded, but I, like, how do you find that true? Like, how have you, how do you feel like your music, like, like is in conversation with kind of what you've done in the past and kind of other, com- other things that are maybe mm-hmm. similar to it or maybe contrary, like maybe, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it feels like a culmination of a lot of things. It feels like we're both finally doing like what we really want to do musically, mm-hmm. which is like liberating in its own sense but also like really consolidating because it's like oh we really have to like sound each other off and we really have to like yes and like every idea because it's just it's like the truest form of what we know like each part of the song is and then and then there's like the constant am i right (laughs) yeah are you right and i think our i think our music really sounds like two kids that were in punk bands in separate cities for their whole childhood and then went to music school and were like oh we have to learn music theory and then we just got really sad and listened to frank ocean all the time and so like (laughs) exactly what our music ends up sounding like in background is just like there's still a lot of angst but it's like oh I can't have angst anymore. Yeah. I'm like in my twenties. But also like <laughs> Oh, <laughs> as someone in their twenties. <laughs> I mean that's that's like the majority of our <laughs> recording process. Yeah, this whole thing is very sudden probably for the listener, but what just happened is all of a sudden the 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 <laughs> think we necessarily had to clue the listener in no i think oh, it's, it's so well, funny because no, we yeah. lost like a lot of time and i think that like basically natalie's whole joke's so good that the computer couldn't handle it yeah <laughs> or maybe or maybe i just jinxed it because like all the time i spend in logic and just like logic killing me that as soon as i enter a room logic just has to die yeah well I, so i actually this is a really really fantastic transition into like more conversation points because i think a thing that is very true is that you are both also very tech savvy like mm-hmm. your work shows that but also like you've both i, I think right have worked as audio engineers yeah um how, like, <laughs> <laughs> said with so much I, f- I felt that your responses were heavy there like well it yes. is a, it's a yes, we have. <laughs> and also especially it's a it can be a hard thing to balance when you're creating Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's so easy to want to like 
have a heavy hand with the logic side of things. Not the logic, the program, but like <laughs> literally like how does this work and stuff like that. Like, is right. that something that you've found that you've had to think about that, you know, the, the, the audio engineer side versus the musician side? No, <laughs> I was, I was about to say the contrary. I was going to be like, we're so controlling over every aspect of our sound and right. just like, it's not really like a, a problem, but it can get to a point where it's like, oh, we really need someone else's ears on this. Yeah. It's like, we know so much about what we're doing. It's like, okay, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I know DAWs and I know analog audio and I know live audio and I know how this is going to sound in the real world. And I write all the music and I write all the lyrics. And then you're like, you end up in a mixing hole or something and you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, here's our loop, but, um, I, yeah. The reason why I say no is because it all is like so interconnected. Like we, I think we both chose jobs like that because we didn't want to leave what we were doing. We just wanted to add skills, right? Yeah, to, yeah, That's like true. what we just naturally do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm curious where the name "Aw" came from. All that it was literally like we were we were waiting and waiting and waiting for just like that thing to hit. And then we were in the green room at um, Shuba's. Um, I was, I was, I was, I'm playing, I play keyboard in this band called Pleasures. And um, I think that was our, was our second show um, mm-hmm. that we had ever played, uh, that we had ever played for that band. And we were, we were alone in the green room and just like talking. And then I think you just like stood up and it just happened. Oh, right. Well, I had it as a note in my phone. I was like. Because I I always do, like, play on words. That's always my thing is, like, I think of funny play on words and I just write them down on my phone. And so originally it was obvious, but spelled O-U-X-V-I-O-U-S, which I was just like, oh, that's hilarious. But I'm like, that's kind of not a great band name. And so I was just like, what if I just said it was Aw? And I was like, hmm. And so I kind of sat on it for a minute and I was like, I don't know, is it really a good idea? And then, yeah, and then I said it in the green room. I was like, hey, so (laughs) here's a name to replace the other silly name I came up with. Because I came up with the original name Fahrenheit 808 too, and I was like, the intention for that was always kind of a joke name, but it was so hard to find like a better name mm-hmm. for a long time that we both like agreed on because yeah, that's also really hard. It's just mm-hmm. being like, oh, I really like this name, and Manet would be like, I don't know, and Manet would say something, and I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm perpetually like worse at suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, how so? Like, like, wow, a self drag. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I I love it. Um, I I'm really good at a lot of the like just like hard decisions that are like we have to decide between like this uh like path or this path or like mm-hmm. this choice and that choice, and it's like. I can do that like ASAP, but when it comes to like creatively thinking of like a solution, mm-hmm. sometimes I just feel like I'm left starting at the gate. And that's just my, cause my brain hates me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a, a strengths and, and weaknesses thing. I think it's an interesting thing that like, I always find, I'm sorry, I totally blanked on what I was saying. Well, I'm, I, I I'm interested. I, I'm kind of picking up what you're putting down where like Daniel and I, we produce as partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we we in a very similar situation. We live together. We are in a relationship. We have a an entity that we run, and it very much informs 
how we run things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious how, you know, you two being in the same situation where you share your life together and also this project, like, how do, like, do those lines blur? Does it inform it? Do you try to keep it separate? Like, how does, how do you balance your relationship and your life together with this project? <sighs> I, that's such a Libra question. <laughs> I'm the Libra. <laughs> which is why, which is why I always defer. <laughs> because, like, my... Like I'm Leo, Cancer rising, Scorpio moon. So it's just, it's just all headstrong. <laughs> oh, you want to? You want to hear something? No, like <laughs> yeah, no, no, go ahead. Let's I'm, do this. I'm Libra. I'm I'm a Libra sun, Pisces moon, Leo rising, <laughs> which is a disaster. <laughs> so I also have a Leo rising, mm-hmm. and I have a Libra moon, mm-hmm. but I'm an Aries sun. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm scary and understanding, and also really vain. <laughs> <laughs> Sagittarius sun, Taurus moon, Virgo rising, very grounded, but also yeah. like. I want to go on a, on a trip. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like so unbothered. That's like the unbothered it, three. I, it's it's really I, it's weird. And it's I'm bothered weird... by everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's the thing. I think that you know, I think there are probably folks by now that are like, oh, astrology talk. But I, I think it's very interesting because <sighs> those people you can have... go away. Yeah. But I also think that <laughs> it's a, if not astrology, I'm sorry, I'm gay. Need... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, like, there's, there's something about taking, like, taking a good look in the mirror and, and kind of knowing yourself, mm-hmm. and especially when you're working and collaborating with others, because that's the, in that same way where you're able to go, be in a situation and be like, okay, this is my strength, these are my weaknesses, like, mm-hmm. oh and God, that, because yeah. that's like, everybody has that, and in some cases, especially when you're working as a duo, like, there are times where... I mean, there are times where you're both bad at something, like, you know, we and then you, and then you bring in someone, and then you bring in someone else. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, being able to communicate, like, oh, I'm bad at this thing, like, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess, like, uh, what, how, what do you all think about, like, how do you all think about communication? We, it's we t- everything. Yeah, we talk yeah. about everything and like yeah, kind of back to the balance question. Like there are times when it like gets really blurry and it's like honestly we don't know how to exist not doing all of the things we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like if we were ever to stop doing a project or not even work on a project together or anything like that, like that would probably also be like the dissolution of the relationship because it's like also like oh it was, it's so integral like yeah the entire like our this entire is how we ne- met you yeah. know it was like making right. music and so it's just like it wouldn't even make. S- sense to stop yeah and so yeah we've had that weird conversation sometimes where it's like can we even do this but then it's also like oh yeah we can it's just stressful right i mean it was such a choice in the first place to like even begin because Mm -hmm. like for the first like okay so we met in music school and like the entire reason why we like kissed on the beanbag in the radio station i was working at was because i was like hey do you want to jam and it was for, it happened mm-hmm. to be 420 so um <laughs> wait 420 a.m or 420 the date 420 the date oh cool, cool cool um and oh my god is your anniversary 420 yes it, it is, is. Oh my god. that's beautiful that's yeah. really good that's Very a real cute. that's a real like 2019 love story right there it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's weird because we feel so timeless and like like why do how do we not know each other prior to like 2016 ish when was when we first met but then like 2017 my friend well we well we, we, I guess we did meet in 2016 orientation that's right we did I forgot we just didn't talk until 2017 we just like 
we ran into each other a couple of times, but like we didn't actually talk. The only reason I knew Monet's name is because like on election night, we I was sitting in the library the still on story. campus mm-hmm. because like I lived off campus like by, about an hour, and um. I was still sitting in the library because I had to go to the school event and I was like, wow, I don't really want to be here on election night. This sucks. Every like they're counting the votes. And I was just like freaked out. My friend was sitting next to me, my only friend <laughs> at college, because I was like super antisocial at the time. And um Manet walks in the library and I kept like trying to figure out who Manet was and just I was like, I want to be their friend. <laughs> um and I sat there just like listening and finally she like when Wisconsin, when Trump took Wisconsin, I think yeah, yeah, it was Trump. Yeah. When Trump took Wisconsin, those votes came in. Manet smashed her um, skateboard on the ground in the library and just yelled "fuck" <laughs> in the library, of course. And so everyone goes shh, shh, and starts like angrily whispering her name. And I was like, "Aha!" And I like just typed it in on Facebook and instantly friended her because I was like, "There we go! I finally figured out what her name is." <laughs> <laughs> was everybody yelling at her to be quiet in the library me enraptured just in like my pure rage yeah. <laughs> like has no idea that this plot is now in being enacted yeah. <laughs> towards me yeah oh my god <laughs> but i mean funny. i was also like okay so like back to like uh, fast forward a year later and we have been dating long distance and because I, like, I had to go back home after like my first year of college, I was like, I can't do this. This mm. place isn't right for me. Blah, blah, blah. Um, fair. And I, yeah, I was just like making music alone and I was like, Hey, what if we like send stuff back and forth to each other? Like, mm-hmm. and then we just like started, I don't know, like I need <laughs> help with this thing. You know how to do that thing more than I do. Like, it was more, it was like, okay, so we loved each other, but then we're also like, I need help mm-hmm. <laughs> with this thing that you're good at. Yeah. And like, I was, I mean, I was in LA and so it's just like, it's really tricky to get people to collaborate with because everyone's really on their own wave. They're like, mm-hmm. mm, I'm on my LA wave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go shop at the Nordstrom Rack <laughs> <laughs> for discount uh, Steve Madden. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm on my own way. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go to WeHo and have a brunch with um with like Beyonce's second cousin. Uh, I live in LA. That's <laughs> kind of how everybody is. So it was really hard to find somebody to collaborate with. So I was like, all right, let's just shoot stuff back and forth. Yeah, and I had like burnt out on like trying to make so many connections because I like my entire thing when I got to LA was like I need to meet everybody and talk to everybody because that's what you do when you're in LA because otherwise mm-hmm. you, you you drown yeah um and I had basically burnt through every single connection I had made there because it was it was like I I could provide good work but I wasn't like their type of person mm-hmm. I wasn't like marketable I wasn't like mm-hmm. that enough whatever their like standard is I wasn't mm-hmm. that enough and I feel like that's something we really feel and like are trying to like express with a lot of their music is just yeah. like us reaching for our that like what is our best like what is our market like well, i don't know yeah i i love this train of thought and the thing that i always find really interesting one of the things we talk about a ton i mean it's kind of hard to have a podcast in chicago talking to folks that live in chicago about anything mm-hmm. without kind of going into this conversation of like well, you know, how would what you're doing be different if you were in New York or LA or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love 
this kind of flipped perspective of it where y'all came that y'all went we're in LA and we're like this isn't it and I, I think that that's an, a really interesting thing you know like for for you like do you think that I'm gonna go the even further opposite like how do you think that you could be doing what you're doing in a city that isn't any of those three like like i don't know like an omaha Philly. or something oh, um so this is kind of funny because so i i was born in la lived mm-hmm. there um as a kid and then i lived in utah for a really long time and so for a long time i was in a punk band in utah like trying to mm-hmm. do the thing there and like work with a scene that on a lot of levels is really like incredibly similar to a large city scene. Yeah. But it's just on a much smaller scale because it's still, it still runs into problems of like raised rent and gentrification and, um, and attacks and stuff like that, especially in Utah where you have kind of the big religion that goes on there and Mm -hmm. they like to buy land and then so much salt. Yeah. So much salt, Salt Lake city. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's just like you end up with like a very one kind of culture and then everybody else kind of has to like build up around it. So yeah, I like having done something similar in another like smaller city. Um it's funny how similar Utah like working in Utah is to working in Chicago. There's just like a lot more people here. Mm-hmm. And there are alternatives, you know, like if one venue shuts down, it's not the end of the world, which is kind of what happened for a while and why I like didn't do a lot of music for a minute is cuz the one venue where I lived that was all ages shut down, you know? So that kind of sucked, but yeah. And like, we have friends all over in other cities doing the same thing. Yeah. Like our best friend Noah is out in Philly. Right. Which is why I just like yelled Philly because we really like, we haven't gotten the chance to visit, but from everything that we've heard and like Noah is Noah I've known since I was like 15, I think, because the great thing about living here is that like you can also like there is a Chicago scene, but then there are also the like greater Chicago scenes and every one of them is like very distinct. And I got to mm-hmm. find that out when I started hanging out with friends in Evanston and Oak Park and like the south suburbs like down by um, where my grandparents live. And um, I just ended up making friends in, like all corners. Um, but Noah specifically was like it was born out of um this giant like emo like math rock and emo scene that was just like really really um big from like i don't know 2012 2013 to like 2015 and um we we just bonded kind of immediately over that um and like so life goes on we and then to end up going to like both sides of the country they were like at sarah lawrence college in new york and i was at Whittier um and we we also like have just like back and forth so much stuff um and have played in each other's shows like constantly and like they're they're in, they're in Philly right now working on their like debut album with like some really <laughs> some really it? important like I like musicians that they like looked up to and like now get to work with which is just kind of like the thing that like helps us 
like continue to is knowing that like oh that's something that can happen it's happening to like my best friend yeah like, also is it really their debut album i mean oh yeah it's, it's like totally their, it's like their debut album but they've also they have like written three like albums. five albums yeah <laughs> yeah or like yeah five six like they're Noah all really is good just prolific yeah. yeah Noah is prolific Noah just writes well i <laughs> i love this conversation too because one of the things that i know i definitely wanted to talk to you all about was the uncommon ground residency mm-hmm. oh yeah um and i i want to i'm curious um you know this, it sounds like so much of, of your work together and your work with others is built around this idea of collaboration and, mm-hmm. and you know, hearing hearing other people out. And, and I'm curious, like, what has that meant for you to the, for the music? Oh, God, yeah. Like, we would not have gotten Uncommon Ground if it wasn't for Aaron and the Hex, mm-hmm. who are a band out of Columbia that we, like, go to school with and, you know, really admire. They're all, like, just brilliantly talented. But, like, yeah, we play with Danny... Petrino and we play with Alexis Tyler and Aaron and like Chrissy Carraza and stuff like that. They're all just fantastic. <laughs> like, I gotta say that. But they're also very kind and recommended us to them, you know, which like if they hadn't, you know, we wouldn't even have the residency. Yeah. And that's cool because we get to learn all of these techniques like side by side with them at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like in the real world, we can actually recommend each other for shows and like help lift each other up which i think is pretty amazing especially about chicago because it's a lot about like uplifting other artists that you become friends with and mm-hmm. i think that's really cool and unique definitely about the city yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's kind of a godsend like it was, it was wild being like a very native chicagoan because like you you end up kind of taking it for granted like just how supportive and like unique chicago is like just for its art scene yeah and like how that culture really like changes what you're able to do because like in in the cultures that we experience where it's just like you you have your one thing and if you're not it you don't get to do it um mm-hmm. and we like i was which is why i was just like advocating to, for to nad to like you gotta come here you gotta come here and like i'm just really glad that that was something that we really made happen because it's it's hard to travel like you know two thousand miles and then just like plop yourself down in like a different place (laughs) you know and we both did it each way yeah um and that's what makes it so that's what like kind of gave us that like awareness or gratefulness at least for me because it was kind of like that year of just like not being next to that like every day in fact like literally 2000 miles and just being like dang this would be so much more real they would feel i would feel so much more real and happier if not was here and like enjoying like the same privilege of just being able to make your art and not like we all of us still worry about bills but like do it enough to the point where like this is pretty much your life like you can really pursue your passions here and that's like just shout out to the entirety of Chicago mm-hmm. for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Cuz everybody's kind of doing their thing here and everybody wants to have other people involved in doing their thing. And like yeah, so you just we just incubate yeah. so much talent. Mm-hmm. Like we are we are literally a, a historical like legendary city in terms of just our artistic output. Absolutely. Everybody here watched their Barney, you know, caring <laughs> is caring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They t- they really took it to heart. Yeah. But it is it's, it is it is always a very much a very interesting thing where there's just so much there are just so many folks that really find their voice here and really mm-hmm. find what what kind of mark they want to make you know and i think that i i have no idea how to measure that 
Or, but I got to imagine that it's more so here than any other city mm-hmm. yeah. in the world, really. Because, like, I, it's just so many. Like, the, the ratio of people that live in Chicago to, like, how many people are making dope shit, like, it's wild. It like, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I also, you know, one of the things we've kind of touched on, um, is the, the moment that we find ourselves in, you know, like, it's like, y'all are, are very much, a and, and I always hate putting it in this context because I don't mean to make like someone's work, like in, in direct reference to the 2016 election, but mm-hmm. it is, a, it is an interesting thing that, you know, we live in a time because it's not just that election. Like there's, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better, like there's fascism <laughs> throughout the world. Like yep. it's, mm-hmm. it's, we're living in a, in a world that there's just a lot of unrest. Um, and it's, so it's, it's an interesting thing to be making things now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm, so I'm curious for y'all, like, how do you find, feel that your work would be different if, if it were like 2009? Oh, I think, um, now you, now I have to like, think back to like who I was in 2009, which is like a little bit different. It's It's like, okay, so say we're here now, we're who we are now, but it's 2009. Right. Politically. Hmm. I I think it would be a lot. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Like the thing is like, that just got me like thinking back on the Utah train because it just like threw me back into Utah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the Obama election living in Utah. Oh God! Yeah. And being gay in Utah, <laughs> and like all of that, and like for me, I would just be like just as angry. <laughs> I yeah. think like as I am now, I just like a lot of me still feels the same, like mm. as like the little kind of outcast kid um, that was you know smart and like music and stuff. Mm-hmm. At that point, um, if I were like just the adult I am now, I think that a lot of my content, like the actual content, would be similar. Um, and a lot of the things that I said would be similar, but I think that the styles of music or the styles of art that I used to convey it would have been, you know, more 2009. Yeah. I Like, I was listening to a lot of Dead Mouse then, so anything I would have made if I was an adult in 2009 probably would have sounded like Dead Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it probably would have been like Green Day. Right. And then we Which would have is... had, like, that Gerard Way Dead Mouse collab yeah. uh, that I still listen to because I'm still an emo kid. Yeah. I so I actually have a weird plug. I real I just recently discovered this thing called Emo World. It's what? on SoundCloud. It's by an artist named Captain Cuts. And it's just this like really amazing 40 minute mix of just like the great emo like hits. Like mashed hits. together emo hits. Mm-hmm. Like, with like mixed in with like pop music. songs. It's really, really oh, satisfying. Yeah. That um, sounds like right up my alley. It's good yeah. it's good cooking music. Oh yeah, I don't know why. It really anytime that the moon is in a water sign, I usually play it. Because I'm like, <laughs> I need Oh that. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh but yeah, no, I always, I, I do always ask that because mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting, like, we, um, Dadaist shit is really popular mm-hmm. right now. Like, right. the absurd is very popular. But it, <laughs> I also sometimes feel like <laughs> it's like a weird, it can feel like a weird mainstream version of the absurd sometimes. I don't know, like it's mm-hmm. like those oat milk ads that I hate. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my god! Well, it's like that whole kind of like self-aware 
thing of like of like we know that we're drowning in capitalism so i'm just gonna point it out to you and i hope that it makes us seem charming but it's like are you doing anything about it you know like yeah and i so another another really good example is like how popular nerd culture has become oh yeah but Mm -hmm. it's like you know i always have this thing where i think there's a i think there's both is both true that there is a significant amount of nerd culture crossover. Like if you're into one thing that sometimes it's very easy to be into other things and like folks that are, that are very passionate about one subject. But then there's also this like mainstream nerd culture thing, like being obsessed with Marvel movies Mm -hmm. or any, any other kind of like mainstream being obsessed with thing, which it's, it's a weird thing for folks that find themselves in the position of like, actually of that, of like consistently feeling in that like othered category, you know, right. whether they put that way, like by like, because it, it, it yeah, because because so, in so many cases, like just by nature of who you are, like you can be put into that other category. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. it's weird then when the the cliches and the and the way that people think about those things are then like kind of painted on mainstream things. I I, I have no idea entirely where I'm going here, <laughs> yeah. but I I, I find it really that all for somehow for me has a lot to do with like when I think about folks that maybe that, that would be in like 10 years ago kind Mm -hmm. of still doing very similar work, you know, like where like it's cause it's still very much in reaction and in conversation with the culture that is around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but like in some ways, those conversations, like a lot has changed in the last ten years, but like yeah. a lot hasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Like the 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 rate at which like technology is developed, and the way that, and mm-hmm. the rate at which that like, companies can collect data mm-hmm. on all of us, like I think definitely lends itself to like that effect of or what we're seeing in this entire era is that like companies are really directing what like content they use to get us to buy their products by like what we are interested in just passively on the internet yeah and like i bought a rainbow sweater from nordstrom rack the other day speaking of nordstrom rack yeah (laughs) see like exactly like yeah because they were like oh hey what's up are you gay (laughs) and i'm like i know like cop cars having the pride flag oh my god we're like We're really like um, super, super critical of rainbow capitalism and just how pervasive it's been for like the last decade. And also as as like newly minted, like we all we were all in the closet there, like 10 years ago. Yeah, we I'm really also sporting my Tegan and Sarah rainbow Tevas right now. Uh, <laughs> TM. Well, and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about the people who were making music, commer- like the people who were making music underground 10 years ago, like MySpace was still in the equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally yeah. 10 years ago. Like I remember having the conscious thought of like, I would go see a band and I like, they wouldn't have a Facebook page. They would have a MySpace page because that's where bands had mm-hmm. their social media. Mm-hmm. Bands didn't have Facebook pages. Cause that was for talking mm-hmm. to your friends. You'd go to MySpace. Like in, and the fact that, it has all of a sudden, like, social media has just become this all-consuming conglomerate. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's no separation. There's mm-hmm. no, no... You don't go to 
you don't go to this for this and this for this or this for this. You go to, you go to everything for everything. And yeah. It's it's just how do you how do you navigate because finding finding a voice takes focus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and finding finding kind of your way through like the artistic kind of like iker it it yeah it requires focus how do you manage you know s- staying focused and staying true to what you want to be doing in the midst of just kind of this like cacophony of information mm-hmm. i mean i'm i personally have a mental disposition against focusing because of ADHD. So it's a little bit like difficult for me to be like, how do I stay focused? Um, because, <laughs> because I don't like, it's more just like I, I sit and I observe and I let all of the information hit me. And then whatever, like I make just ends up being whatever was like latent and subconscious and under the surface. And like, like I made, I'm, I hate to say this, but like I made a stupid um, like SoundCloud song about Raisin Bran um, at a certain yes! point, and it was just My because I was eating Raisin Bran every day. Mm-hmm. Lil Kellogg. <laughs> 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 That was still my favorite. I still love uh, that. Oh, I, I yeah, but it, it's so it's, funny. It's yeah, it was really funny, but it was also like just a response to like like Wendy's can make a mixtape. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it slaps. Like Hamburger Helper can make a mixtape. Hamburger and it Helper slaps. mixtape was really good. I can't even lie. No cap. Um, oh my God. <laughs> and yeah, no, exactly. It's like I don't, I don't think we can like m- call what we make like anything other than like a response to like what mm-hmm. to like just this barrage of information that we constantly have all day. It's like how it's like some of our our songs and lyrics are just like about like trying to find and ground yourself and be like I am like who I am outside of all of this like there's so much there's so much I fantasize about just like at least going to like Star of Rock and sitting there for at least like three days and not dealing with any like other input except for like what's just there what's just in front of me um instead of being like what's happening everywhere around me all the time and I can view it through my little rectangle I keep in my back pocket um we both yeah i mean i it's 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 just so pervasive that i don't know how to live without it right at this point like the thing is i've always gotten wrapped up in things like whatever it is i mean even before social media was giant i got wrapped up in other internet things like as a kid Mm -hmm. because like we're both only children yeah so like i used to spend like we i, I spent a lot of time just playing video games and being yeah. on the internet and watching youtube like i was like we, on runescape and watch yeah watched youtube yeah and, like, dude runescape runescape is so good <laughs> oh, i almost I'm burnt so my house down once <laughs> i almost burnt my house down once because i was paying attention to Rune, runescape and left bacon on the stove but that was also kind of my aunt's fault so <clears throat> It's also why I don't eat bacon because oh it gives God. me PTSD. I remember I just really <laughs> that was really scary though. <laughs> I just remember I really wanted the like five dollar a month membership thing so mm-hmm. bad. My parents would not let me. No, I was afraid to ask. I was just like, my parents already buy me so much dumb all, shit. All the money I spent on video games was like stuff I had to learn through allowance. It was like yeah, my mom would same. never buy mm-hmm. me anything. She was like, mm-hmm. if you want it, you got to pay for it because I'm mm-hmm. not paying for you to just sit. And jiggle your thumbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom liked to make me uh, file her paperwork 
for her business as allowance. So I would get like $10 an hour to file all of her client's paperwork, which was really funny. And she's like, you're better at this than my assistant that I pay to do this. So why don't you just file? And my like 10 year old, I was like, I know how to alphabetize. And I was so excited. I was like, I can buy Animal Crossing for DS. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So good. Did she fire her assistant? No. Because, <laughs> okay, you know, you can't have like a 10 year old making phone calls about life insurance. Yeah. Be like, Hey, I heard you're gonna die soon. Uh, Maybe a baller move, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm so young and fresh, and your life is rapidly coming to an end. <laughs> now would be a great time to get your affairs in order. <laughs> I feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna have child labor, that's the place to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> make them all insurance reps. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> The office culture would definitely be weird, but... Yeah. <laughs> Around the, like, juice cooler. Yeah. yeah I was just gonna say the yeah. vending machines would have to be really specific. Uh-huh. <laughs> go, go, the, squeeze. The break room would have, like, those kind of balls that have the, the handles on them that you could sit on. Okay, oh, I wish oh, I had that yeah. for, like, yeah. running sound, and I, I could just, like, bounce out of my booth towards oh, the bands, yeah. like, aggressively and be like, <laughs> can you stop overloading the board? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like if I ever get hired by one of these like giant companies that I talk oh, yeah. so much shit about, like that's going in my contract is like I will <laughs> the only writer. S- yeah. Oh my god, if we ever make it big, it's like our writer is we yeah. have to have two bouncy balls. What are those called now I don't that I know? I, I want to Google it. They're um, like they're like kangaroos but balls. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. I don't know. I, I want to, I do want to ask, we, we, I know we mentioned it, but I want to ask more about um, the Uncommon Ground Residency mm-hmm. um, because it's really rad and the, the lineup is really cool. Um, so how did that come together? Like how like the folks that you've, that you have coming through, like. Oh, that was like within like the span of five days, us yeah. spam emailing like 30 people, like 30 bands that we were like, we fucking love this music. We like I've either played with them or like have met them and talked to them or like just like loved them from afar and been like, I really, really, really want to like just mm-hmm. do something musical with you. Um, And that also like when we got back all the people that did get back to us for all this, all the all the dates, we were just like, oh, my God. Like, this is kind of a dream come true. We were literally sitting in Cafe Jumping Bean, like, I don't know, uh, at the beginning of July, just like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, we were super despondent and super sad and just like, we felt like we were slumping in our production and just like, like having one of those days. And then we got the email like 3 p.m. in the afternoon, like right on the dot. And we were just like, so now we have, now we just have like the next two months just like bevied for like yeah. what we want what we're going to be doing um and that that was just that, that just like made us want to really like find the the right people to do this with because we really not only do we admire everybody but we also like uh, just like love being in their presence like we've existed with them mm-hmm. and they're really on the same like playing field i guess like just like of like how like how to go about like how we all go about like our art together mm-hmm. is like really similar um yeah and yeah it was it was like we did that in five days and then we built the themes of each night like around like who we got for each so like the first our first night's just like about our home like this is this is us like celebrating like the fact that we're here and we really wanted to get um people that like are have been so instrumental in like helping us get to where we were like 
We're playing with Joshua Virtue, who I played a show with when I was just like playing a beats. Like Josh is so good. I love Joshua Virtue. Yeah, <laughs> he's so like he's so so talented. Just incredible. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. I'm like. Uh, I've been to several of Josh's shows, and I was just like, well, "I want to play a show with Josh. I want to play a show with Josh. I want to play a show with Josh." <laughs> like, I it was so funny because that show, like, we were the way that we were talking about like how we just go about stuff at the end, like mm-hmm. because we it was literally just like it was it was Josh, Soul Patches, and Joski, me doing like solo beats, and um, I was just hanging out because yeah, I just and, moved here. <laughs> um. And oh, and um, my friend Clyde Moreau and uh, Aaron Delaney doing like a in a, like a performance art improv set, and and it was Clyde that put everything together. Um, shouts out to Clyde because like I there's so much of the scene that like doesn't really happen for me without like Clyde being a part of that or Clyde being instrumental. Like Clyde like runs Decibel Crawl Fest, which we're like going to be also be playing um, in September at uh, Euphoria. We just got like asked to do that because of Clyde. Um, and yeah there's so like the second night we have is like what what does it sound like if we all like pretended to do a tiny desk yeah (laughs) um and the third night is like the ferocity of a full like full full like at at least five pieces in your band yeah we're we're doing a backing band with pleasures yeah playing as our backing band because so it's just pleasures plus me now no yeah (laughs) but yes and we've never tried doing a backing band before which is going to be really cool but then the last night we're we're playing with morgan gold and supernova Mm -hmm. which is just going to be like fantastic because without supernova there would be like no awe yeah yeah. Like, Ellie, we've played so many shows with Ellie. Ellie has gotten us on so many shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Ellie is the person that we've played the most shows with, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Like, we've played already five or so, right? Yeah, with Ellie? pretty much. And, like... Like, well. <laughs> Ellie is one of the biggest reasons that... I mean, we've even felt comfortable at certain shows where it's just like, oh, no, like, I don't know anybody here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know about the show. I'm nervous. And just having Ellie play was, like, enough to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll play it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, Ellie's yeah. super cool. We were on... Um, we were guests on Choose Your Mar Adventure on mm-hmm. the same night as Ellie. And it That's was awesome. It was pretty cool. It was the uh, Choose Your Mar Adventure birthday, birth, first birthday mm. show. Yes. That was super fun. Shout out Supernova. Yeah, yeah shout out Supernova, Supernova for real. And shout out <sighs> uh, Morgan Gold and Pleasures and, and Jax and, and Bailey Menzenberger. Co- yeah, who's coming through on the 13th. Coco Green <laughs> and. Well, like all the people boy. that we asked, like yeah, yeah, and it's a magic, like it's honestly a magical thing that you can build something like that in a city like this, and it be so cloud like down. almost yeah, cloud narrative down. of of your experiences, you know, yeah. that you're able to say like, oh, like this night we like this like like I love, I just love hearing about like the, the, the development of that like. And and so that was all pretty much well. And I love that everyone was down. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like it was so funny because there were people we had to just be like, "Oops, sorry, we we already sent in the final bill because like they just got it in like a day late." Yeah. Because we literally sent out a big blast email because we weren't sure if anybody was going to like respond, and then Especially like instantly like five days. Yeah. Right. Because it was such short notice, and we were like, "Oh crap, we have to put the bills together." Like we just had to do it, and instantly we had people coming back and being like yeah i have this tuesday available i have this tuesday available i can hop on this show and yeah. it was just like it was funny because we had to like yeah turn down some people that we were really wanting to play with too yeah. but there's always more shows yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> always more shows 
That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Isn't it wild how like one email can turn things around? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we've, that is definitely something we've experienced. Like we've, like we've absolutely been sitting in some damn coffee shop or, you know, sitting on the couch or, you know, driving somewhere or whatever. And just like, like, what are we doing? Like, why are, like, why isn't, why we're working so hard. And then we get an email or a phone call or a text or a message or something where we're like, oh, no, never mind. Everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All it takes is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a few minutes left. Oh, I know wow. it flew. It's been a really, really fun conversation. The last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's very obvious, like letting folks know where they can come to an upcoming series of shows, if that were a thing. Otherwise, <laughs> we love hearing shout-outs to other folks that are doing dope work mm-hmm. or any media that you're consuming personally, self-care or otherwise, music, movies, TV shows, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So... We have the Uncommon Ground residency every single Tuesday in August. Yep, that um, is at 3800 uh, North Clark Street. Uh, just... Doors are at 7, <laughs> cover is 10. Yeah. We're donating 10% of the proceeds to Black and Pink Chicago. Shouts out Black and Pink, oh, yeah. who do incredible work for like LGBTQ and POC um, like reintegrating after being incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've worked with them before, and they all around are just incredible. Um, and shout out to Kelly. And we are dropping our EP on August 27th, the last day of the residency. Yep. Oh, yeah. Entitled uh, Honeymoon, um, yep. which is also why we really wanted to get Supernova and Morgan Gold on those shows because they'll, they're just like super um, <laughs> poppy and we really have been trying to make this like our our um, pop debut <laughs> in yeah. ways. Um, Fun. Yeah, and we really just like are lovers of pop music. Mm-hmm. Like, we were just listening to Moon 5 on the way here. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, but only songs about Jane. Only anyway. songs about Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but so, and also like the final thing I'd like to say is everybody watch Umbrella Academy yeah. and Pose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Those are the only two shows worth watching. <laughs> no, but really, that's all we've been consuming while we're working on this. Yeah. Like, well, we've been working on the CP and it's like the aesthetics of both of those shows have really like informed us. And I mean, like without Gerard way, I wouldn't be making music. Yeah. MCR kind of was really important to both of us, like in different ways, (laughs) like as we were growing up. So it was, it was just amazing. (laughs) You need to hear emo world because the the opening is anyway, it's really good. Awesome. I'm so ready. So I I don't know why I'm plugging that, but I'm plugging it hard. Shouts out to Emo World. Shouts out to Emos across the world. Swoopy hair. 2019. This podcast brought to you by Captain Cuts. (laughs) Everybody break out your Hot Topic eyeliner. Yes. Let's go. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so much fun. This has been great. Of course. Um... Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles and podcast episodes there. You can also find us on social media on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board. And uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under Scopy Mag. spelled the same as the website. S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And you can find the podcast, the one you're listening to right now, in most podcast places, including iTunes Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Radio Public, under Scopy Radio. And I'm here, as always, to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts. This is huge because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook buries our content. So if you want to see 100 
90% of what we're doing and not just 30% of it, you should sign up for those email blasts. The second thing you do the second thing you can do is become a member. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us keep our lights on and pay our artists. If you're in a position to do so, there are some cool incentives associated with it, so give it some thought. Also, we have merch for sale. If you head to scoffymag.com slash store, you can buy a moody beach towel. Yeah, we just got a moody like, beach towel in the mail. We, it's really and we, great. we bought it. We bought it from ourselves, and it's very good. Um, yeah. So you should treat yourself. Get a Moody Beach towel. Um, also, if you're a business or an entity or just have something fun to say and want to advertise with us, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.